I'm Adam Mock, a 40-something-year-old film critic, and today on the show, we're celebrating Thanksgiving with the granddaddy of them all, y'all. I'm Melanie Weir, a 27-year-old currently looking for work. (laughs) (laughs) I write, I edit, I read, I do things. Call me. Um, And this this was a movie. (laughs) We're about to make you watch. Podcast. A podcast. Welcome back to Made You Watch a Podcast, and today on the show, it was my turn to recommend a Mel, and I got the Thanksgiving episode. Yeah. And I chose kind of the quintessential Thanksgiving movie of all time, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. It's uh, 1987. John Hughes wrote, directed one of his earlier works, Um, and... I'm kind of curious how this holds up and how Mel is going to like like this cuz you you've seen parts of this but I've seen a bleeped version of a man at a counter yelling at a woman who do- seems none too pleased to be spoken to like that. <laughs> and that was why your dad wouldn't let you watch this. Right? Yeah, cuz it's yeah, that it was like the F word was flying left and right. I haven't taken off my bracelets yet, excuse me. <laughs> You're okay. <laughs> We are actually recording this in my house, the new studio, for the time being. Adam's house is surprisingly large. It's pretty comfy, right? There it is. We're just chilling on an L-shaped nice. couch. <laughs> I'm in danger of falling asleep because I'm also pretty baked, and yeah, yeah. your your screensaver is underwater vines <laughs> with fish. Got to get yourself an Apple TV, kid. <laughs> so, with what money, sir? Oh, that's true. Uh, I don't know. I bought a Roku. Oh, they're good. They're good. They're the cheapest thing to buy. <laughs> I had a ton of Rokus. I just scatter them about my house. They're not bad. They're okay. <laughs> they're pretty good. They do the job. Yeah. All right. So you you know this movie. You don't know this movie. I, I know what it's about. I've never seen it. Okay. So we're going to take a little break, let you hear the trailer, and we will be right back. During holiday travel, some people get delirious, some get delayed, and some get Del Griffin. American Light and Fixture, Director of Sales, Shower Curtain Ring Division. Neil Page got all three. I was on my way home to spend a nice holiday with my family. Instead, I'm in a motel bed with a stranger. So instead of Thanksgiving with his family, he's spending three days with the turkey. Two happy clams just whistling down the road. Flintstones, meet the Flintstones, they're the Marconi family. Paramount Pictures presents Steve Martin. You ever been to Hawaii? Yeah. You see Don Ho while you were there? See the second show, that's the best one. Is that right? Yeah. John Candy. Why are you holding my hand? Where's your other hand? Between two pillows. Those aren't pillows. In a new film by John Hughes. Plane, trains, and automobiles. See that Bears game last week? Yeah, hello game, hello game. Welcome back. So what did you think of this, Mel? Honestly, and I hate to say this, I was a little disappointed. Okay. I think I saw the funniest scene in my childhood, and because I wasn't allowed to see it, it was like built up to be some big thing. And then I saw it, and it was like, yeah, okay. 
Now, what was the scene? It was the. It was the one on the counter where he was yelling at the lady, and he was like, "I want a fucking car." Oh, the one where um, uh, Edie McClurg is is like talking on the phone. Yeah. She's like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna have Thanksgiving dinner, and I'm gonna bring the. You know, I can't cook. Yeah. Like, okay, bro, I know you're frustrated, but it is not the customer <laughs> service lady's fault that that car wasn't there. It's ridiculous that that car wasn't there. I feel you, bruh, but like, it's not her fault. <laughs> So this movie is, we'll get into that whole scene. Uh, it's one of the more popular scenes in the movie. It stars Steve Martin as uh, Neil Page, who is an ad executive. And the movie starts off really weird. And slow. It's it's him and the guy who played um, uh, Ferris Bueller's dad. I forget the dude's name. And they're sitting in this room and they're just waiting for this old man to make a a decision on, like, some ad. just sitting there staring at a piece of paper. Yeah, and they're just waiting and waiting and waiting. And then finally they can go, and it's two days before Thanksgiving. They're on uh, Park Avenue trying to get cabs home. Nightmare. And they just keep getting... I will be out of here way before then. Oh, my God. The, the, that scene, and it's all shot on location. I mean, you see it like... That. They jumped locations several times. Even <laughs> I noticed. Well, they start in New York. They end up in... Oh, how did... Was it Kansas? Oh, well, I just meant in that scene where they're running down the street. Oh, yeah. Well... They were on Park, and then they were on... Uh, fifth and then they were on six <laughs> well steve martin's trying to get a cab and this guy kind of jacks him for it and he gets all pissed and he's like i'll give you money for this cab and he's paying him and then john candy is actually Just sneaking oblivious in, throwing his giant ass steamer trunk into the back of his cab steve martin goes chasing after it almost gets like hit by all these cars get finally gets to the airport and he's sitting across from and he just hates John Candy, who's playing Del Griffith. Del, what a name. He's he is such an interesting character in this film. I really, I love John Candy. I miss John Candy. Yeah. And R.I.P. He was drama to comedy, always pretty goddamn excellent. And in this movie, he kind of... This movie's very cartoony. It is, yeah. I kept imagining it. You know who would go crazy for this movie? hmm. If anime people got their hands on it, they would go nuts. They would waifu (laughs) these two in a second. They would be a homoerotic, like, subtext couple. Well, after the... It's uh... just, it's the stereotype of, like, the really enthusiastic, overly clingy, like, enthusiastic bro boy. (laughs) The between two pillows and the And the just closed off emotionally, why are you acting like this or speaking to me at all? I don't want to speak to a person guy that he's just globbed onto. (laughs) This is a trope. People love this trope. This is Tamaki and Kyoya and Nora on High school host club i know some of the words that are coming out of your mouth right now this is how we get the younger audience Our audience, will know. <laughs> but um so he he kind of gives them both barrels and he's he's just yelling at john candy like you know you stole my cab and this thing he's like i i really didn't i didn't realize like i'm so he sorry he's really just oblivious man he he's a complete garbage human who's but only in the way he acts, in terms of like physicality. It's not on. It's like Michael Scott. He doesn't realize he's a garbage human. It's a lot like Michael Scott. He's not trying to be like that until the end. Like that. That little catharsis scene where Steve Martin really yells at him when they're he's fed up. That's a rough scene. We, we'll we'll get into that. But 
So they're at the airport, and they end up sitting next to each other on the plane. They just cannot get... It's a, it's a comedy of errors. They're just always stuck oh, with each other. Oh, it's you again. And then they get... And the, the flight gets messed up. And John Candy is able to finagle a room for the two of them in a completely booked up, like, shithole motel. Not bad. <laughs> where the drapes ma- literally match the bedspread. It's weird. It's not a euphemism. And... It's where we get one of the best scenes in the movie is where they're trying to sleep and he's just... Oh my God. Every two seconds, John Candy is just being more and more of this like piggish human being. The worst person to sleep in a room with. (laughs) And the bed is... I mean, it's big enough for John Candy and half of Steve Martin. Steve Martin's not a little guy either. And that's kind of what I love about it, is just watching these two have to be, like, on top of each other. Steve Martin, if he if if Steve Martin had been our contemporary, he would have been Jim on The Office. Like, that man <laughs> is begging to look at a camera. Yeah. Yeah, no, he, he's, a, he's definitely a fourth wall breaker. Yeah. Like, especially this entire movie. If there were a camera to look at, he would be doing it. Yeah. And he would be screaming with his eyes. <laughs> So they're stuck in bed together, and that's when he's like, you know, you you, you did this, and he's just like, you know what, I, you, you, you're a pig, and you're this, and that. I mean, he's just laying into me. He's like, ever since the moment I met you, you've been nothing but a terror. You stole my cab. I've lost money. You know, I paid for everything. He's like, well, I was letting you pay. I figured it made you feel better. And, like, the guy's just kind of, you don't know if he's a piece of shit or if he's, the nicest good, guy in the world. Yeah, because he's he's John Candy, and he's just so kind of sweet with that little weird mustache and his fat man parka. It's like, well, he could be. And he's got that dumb hat. Like, he, you just, you don't know if you can trust him or not. Mm-hmm. And Steve Martin just keeps going along for the ride because he needs to get home to Chicago. And they're now, they have to rent a car, and he can't rent a car. So he's like, I'm leaving tomorrow. Oh, was this... Where they did the uh, the between two pillows, where they wake up the next morning. They, and he, yeah, they rent a motel. They get a motel together, and, and that's where yeah, it's where he gives him shit, and then he, he finally, gives him shit, and then he wakes up, and they are just entangled. So John, he kissed him on the head. John Candy's tenderly kissing Steve Martin's which neck, which gets weirder now that you know that his wife. Well, we, no, we'll get into that. So he has like he he always. Um, John Candy always puts out a picture of his wife, and he's always kind of like talking to her and this and that, and mentioning her. Yeah, what? Just mentioning her. Yeah. Well, my wife likes me, <laughs> and I like me, and maybe I'm not the best person in the world. And they had this whole argument. It's, it's kind of this beautiful scene where John Candy knows he's an ass, mm-hmm. but he's okay with it, and he's just kind of telling Steve Martin, you know what? I'm not even going to yell at you. Just. Fuck off, dude. Like, yeah. you don't like me, tough shit. Like, I've I've helped you as much as you've helped me. And the next they really did kind of need each other to get out yeah. of it. That's why I was like, you're being stupid, Steve Martin. And the next morning, they're they're cuddled and they're spooned, and he's kissing Steve Martin on his neck very tenderly. And, and Steve, Steve Martin's, Martin's holding his hand. And he's like, were you just kissing my neck? And he goes, why are you holding my hand? And he goes... Where's your Where's other your, hand? Between two pillows. Those are in pillows. That was the biggest trailer line. It was the one thing I remember about this movie other than the burnt out husk of a car. But jokes. <laughs> they always make it into the trailer, folks. So they rent um 
so Steve Martin decides he's going to go his own way and he's going to rent a car, only there's no car. He gets driven out to the middle of nowhere parking lot, like a mile and a highway to cross to get to this place. They drop him off. His car's not in the spot. V5, no car there. <laughs> he ends up very The good. bus is zooming away. <laughs> he ends up falling down a hill. He, he falls into onto the highway. A truck runs over his hat and just takes it. That with was it. a nice hat. That it was, was a nice fedora. It was. <laughs> and he gets there, and there's that. That's the scene with Edie McClure. And she is having such a nice phone call with her sister, and uh... <laughs> about what they're cooking for Thanksgiving. Oh, you know I can't cook. Oh yeah, I'm just gonna bring the dinner rolls. Oh yeah, and she'll bring the potatoes, and somebody will bring the cranberry, <laughs> and I'll just make the croissants because you know I the crescent rolls because you know I can't cook. <laughs> so. And it's Edie McClurgy, and we've we've had her on the show before. Um, oh, what movie was it? It was recently we had her on something. She was in one of the movies. To clarify we, that when we say that, we don't have these people as guests on the no, show. No, no. That would be cool. She was in an episode. She I can't remember what in, movie it was. Yeah, I don't remember either. Oh, man. I can't remember it. Oh, whatever. The episode in question is episode 31, The Little Mermaid. Now back to the show. So you why. know her as the uh, the secretary from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yes. Oh yeah, he th- they think he's a righteous dude. Yes. <laughs> and he Steve Martin is fed up. He's covered in like dirt and soot and shit. And he's and I know I say the f word a lot on the show. I've been called out by my mom and a couple of fans. But Steve Martin says fuck. Probably eight or nine times in this little diatribe to this poor. When they woman. put it on TV, it's just a monologue full of bleeps. Oh yeah, and he's just like every word is "I want my effing car." I went to the effing spot, and the effing car was not effing there. So get me an effing car. I've only said f once. I'm very impressed with myself. <laughs> and she's like, "Okay, I'm sorry to hear that, sir. Do you have a rental agreement?" No. I threw it away. Oh. Why would you do that? Then you're fact. <laughs> she delivers that line so well because you never hear that woman curse. So, like when she curses, it's just it means something. Yeah. So now he's sitting outside. He's trying to get a cab, and this cabbie, like he starts a fight with the cabbie. The cabbie punches him in the face. And John Candy, like, drives up, almost runs Steve Martin over and kills him. Two inches from his head. And he's like, oh, well, I'll give you a ride. I'm going to Chicago. So now it's the two of them. And they're doing all these, like, weird shenanigans. Like, they're selling, um, Dell sells, um, what are they? Shower curtain rings. Rings. And he's selling them as, like, earrings to people and saying they're, like, Daryl Strawberry autographed them and Tiffany and blah, blah, blah. The replicas of the Pharaoh's earrings? I don't know. And I, and there's just these girls with, like, he's like, oh, yeah, you look much older. And that's how he's, like, getting money by grifting. There's not a ton to this movie. No, it's just, hey, here's the worst travel day that could possibly happen to you. I could write a smaller version of this movie about what happened when one of the NJ Transit trains gets stuck (laughs) in the tunnel and you have to get back to New Jersey. (laughs) It's called Roundabout Trips to Hoboken, and it's a fucking nightmare. Jesus. I could actually write a movie about trying to get from Brooklyn through Penn Station to somewhere in New Jersey. It would take forever. It would be a nightmare. 
Jersey's a hell of a trip from New York. Oh, my God. I'd... It's funny. If you look at a map, it doesn't look like it should be that way. Oh, no. But the transit system is so goddamn <laughs> just... That's always the longest trip when, it's I'm, co- like, when it's... I'm coming home from, like, the shore, like, down uh, North Carolina. That's always the longest part is that last leg in Jersey. It's just stuffed with red tape and cars, and it's so <laughs> densely populated, and all the trains, Amtrak gets first right to the tracks, and so NJ Transit gets effed, and, <laughs> you know, it's just a whole thing. And then on top of that, the MTA, for some reason, is run by the state of New York instead of the city of New York. <laughs> Instead of, like, the state just funding it and saying, hey, you are the city who is using this subway system. Why don't you decide how it is run? Instead, it's run by not the city, and therefore we have a fuck ton of inefficiencies. Because they don't live here. So, Steve Martin is driving with... I feel his pain. But I love the scene in the car. That car they rented, it looks so familiar, and I realized, I think it's just... A remodel of the the car from uh, Vacation, that weird green. You never saw Vacation. What's Vacation? National Lampoon's Chevy oh, Chase movie. Oh, I hate that movie. But you remember that weird green station wagon they had? It was kind of like yeah, a, I remember. It was like a like a like a sedan version of that. It was the exact same colors and all that shit. It's the ugliest car in the world. And they're driving along, and Steve Martin is watching Dell just fuck with this chair. Oh my god, I wanted he vroom, vroom, vroom. I think it was just when like those little like electric levers for seats were a big thing. It wasn't like you were just janking on a handle and flying forward. And he breaks the goddamn chair. And he's doing it for like twenty minutes. It's like, dude, come on. Man just, as a child. Just fucking stop for the love of God. And then it's Steve Martin's turn to like and he and he's like, I can't believe you broke. The chair, and he's he's like going. Fun. He's like he's sitting, and he's like stuck back. And then he he goes, "I'm gonna put my wallet in the glove box. Don't let me forget it." And you know he's gonna forget it. Of and they course, focus he is. the camera on it. Because at this point, he's uh, Dell's driving, Steve Martin's sleeping, and they re- and there's like these people honking at him. I'm like, "You're going the wrong way." And he's like, "What what are they screaming about, Dell?" He's like. I don't know, they're they're probably drunk, whatever. And he's just like, you're going the wrong way. And these two tractor trailers just glide, destroy the two sides of the car, and they do a spin-out. And it's one of the funniest sight gags in the movie is suddenly Steve Martin is a skeleton with a white wig on. And then they show Dell's skeleton. It reminds me of Pee Wee Herman. Exactly. And he's got the stupid Dell wig on that wavy brown hair and the mustache on his skeleton. And then Steve Martin looks over at him, and he's now the devil. It's it's fucking John Candy <laughs> in a devil costume. It's such an Adam Sandler gag. Yeah, it kind of is. It totally, like, I'm pretty sure that was in an Adam Sandler movie at one point. Man, we barely talked about this movie until really seventeen minutes in. It's just like nothing really, nothing really does happen. No, it's it's Steve it's, Martin is very funny as a straight man. John Candy is very funny as a man with uncontrollable ADHD. But it's what's weird about it is when I was a kid, I remember it feeling like this movie didn't stop. Like it was just nonstop gag, gag, gag. 
there's some lulls in this movie. I feel like it feels that way if you are not a grown-up and have not... Like, if the minutia of travel is all new to you, you know? I guess, yeah. I mean, it's not like they're going super far. They're, I mean, it's half the country, but they've already flown most of it. Yeah, and then they just, just kind of overshot the it and had to come back. Real weird about trains. If they, she, he actually would have been better off if he had just stayed in New York or stayed in the airport or taken a train out of New York to Chicago. Like there are, but he couldn't because everything get, kept getting stranded or this or that. Like he should have stayed put. Like <laughs> don't go farther into the middle of the country yeah. to better your chances of getting out of there. You're not. It. it that's not what's going to happen. No. It, but it, Stay it's, near a major transport hub if you want to move somewhere fast. But it's just so weird. The There's a part where the guy's like, nah, you want the people train, you gotta go past Wichita. Go past Wichita. Oh, oh, it was uh, Brendan, Dylan Baker. I Everything's think. up to date in Kansas City. What? They going about as far as they can go. It's okay, I think it's not copyrighted. It's from Oklahoma. Oh, <laughs> that's why I didn't know it. I only know the uh, corn is high as an elephant's eye. The opening? Yeah. Oh, what a beautiful <laughs> morning. Like I said, I know that one. That and something whipping through the It's the field. same song. Okay, so there you go. I know one song in that movie. No one was weird with seeing like the the strange um, cameos in this movie. You had Mike McKeon returning to the show. I'm wrong. The other song you were describing was the actual song, Oklahoma. Good okay. job. Good oh, on you for knowing Oklahoma, that. Na, yeah, na, na. wind goes tripping down the plane. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So we have Mike McKeon plays a cop who pulls them over after their car catches fire. Yeah. Holy because shit. Because he threw a cigarette in the backseat. Like, he, he didn't yeah, mean to. After they get into the car accident, they're picking all the shit off the... Uh, I swore he was going to crash while he was jamming out to that jazz song. Oh, doing the mess around. He's playing the piano. That, that is he didn't a, look like he had his eyes open. and he kept, They kept showing him swerving on the road. Was it to build suspense? Was it to just show that he was messing around? What's happening? <laughs> that is such a stable of like John Hughes movies or like those movies in the 80s. It was always like these weird blues or like jazzy songs. I think he found his niche when he started dealing with high schoolers. He's He, <laughs> like he deals Buck. very well with really childish, very base emotions. Have you seen Uncle Buck? Yes, I love oh, Uncle Buck. Uncle Buck is great. Uncle Buck's a great movie. Why don't you take this quarter? And go down to a sewer and have a rat and all that thing off your face is one of the best lines of that movie. I like when he just uses the, when he puts the kid in his trunk and then he pulls out the drill. Are you, is that the one, that's where he flips a pancake with a shovel? Because <laughs> he has like a, makes a giant Oh yeah, pancake. I forgot about that part. We got the, oh man. I think Babish tried to do that once. Ew, that's so gross. He had to, like, he had to get the help of like some engineers. I don't think that would work. I think they, I think they barely managed to get it to work. <laughs> I don't think it was a, considered a success, but I really can't remember. It was a long video. <laughs> they so had to make several else. attempts. So we have Mike McKeon, and the so their car burns up, and it's a husk. There, it's literally smoldering. It's melted. It, it happened fast. The radio Life works. Life comes and at that's you it. fast, folks. <laughs> and they, Mike McKeon, ends up pulling him over and say, "You can't drive this car." So now they don't have a car. You have Kevin Bacon, who steals the cab at the beginning of the movie, because I think he was in uh, She's Having a Baby, which is another John Hughes movie. Yeah, They were, like, racing down the street on opposite sides of the street. Yeah, you had uh, Dylan Baker is in this movie. Um, Matthew Lawrence. You don't remember the... I was shocked you never heard of the Lawrence brothers. Uh, Matthew Lawrence, Joey Lawrence. You saying it more doesn't make me know Remember the show Blossom? 
I've only heard people talk about Blossom. I know what's her name was in it. Uh, Malian Bialik. Yeah. But uh, the the brother on that show was played by this guy who was on like, give me a break. Like all these eighties sitcoms. He was always a sitcom kid, mm. and he had two younger brothers. The middle brother. If you ever saw Mrs. Doubtfire, the son in that movie okay. was in this movie. All right, cool. So, yeah, he was in like two seconds. <laughs> We're just like filling in time because, like I said, I am shocked at how little happens in this movie. It's just he... And it's good. It is a good movie. It's just... It's just, it's a story someone could tell really quickly Yeah, there's not to. much to like, talk oh, about. Like, oh, but you will not believe the day I had. I tried to get a plane in New York. It got camped. It, I got on the last one. <laughs> we couldn't land in Chicago. Yeah. We ended up having to land in fucking Kansas. So then I go to get on a train. Train breaks down. We have to, have, like, no, but then we have to be driven. We have to be driven past Wichita because the people train, the hot train took a bus at one point. Oh, God, the bus. Where they're all doing a sing-along and i thought steve martin was gonna lose his fucking mind it was a sing-along on a bus we slept in two weird motels <laughs> i rented a car i almost made my friend sleep in the cold we bartered for money i burned up my credit cards let's have pie also the wife wasn't a character no the wife is not a character and the fa- the whole family props no you were saying you, you that steve martin is a snack oh yeah like Absolutely. Young Steve Martin's a good-looking cat. He's cute. He's like a gym. He's like a cute-looking everyman. He looks nice in a suit. He would look good in a home. I just thought he was punching out of his out of his league. No. He, his wife is kind of hot. I saw your other cat. Oh, yeah. He's well, hiding. Figgy's right next that's to That's funny. Yeah, Figgy's, Figgy's like co-hosting today. She's so cute. She's a little sweet Just part. curled up on a little oh, blanket. a little sweetie pie. <laughs> yeah, Lenny will pop out eventually. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, so I, I just, the wife who was played by Layla Robbins. I don't no, I thought they were well-matched. Steve Martin is a, is a, he's cute. White hair is not a turn-off. And then you get to the end of this movie, and they're kind of in the home stretch of getting home, and they just have to take the subway now, or the, el- like the elevated train. Mm-hmm. And it's this scene where Steve Martin's like, okay, well, I'm going to get on the train, head home, and... Uh, you know, it was great meeting you, Dell, and Ball. He's like, yeah, it was really nice meeting you, too. And he gets on the train, and he starts reminiscing about the trip. First, he's thinking about home, and then gets kids, and the wife, and the beautiful pie she's going to pull out of the oven. But then all of a sudden, he remembers getting kissed on the ear. <laughs> and he starts piecing together Dell's life from what he was told in just... I've been home in bl- years. And, and he realizes, like, no, his wife's dead. Like, this guy has just been traveling because he has no place to go. He's homeless. And it's it's this crazy, after all this slapstick comedy and everything, it's this just moment of, holy shit. Like, it is so crushing. And he gets off at the next stop and turns around. He gets back on the train. It's goes just, back. all of John Hughes' movies are about humanity, yeah. which is nice. And, and you just see the two of them carrying his steamer trunk. Each one has a side, and he, he rolls up, and, he's, and his family comes outside, and they're all just like, oh, daddy's home. Oh, he's home. And he's just yeah. like, yeah, and this is my father-in-law, this is my wife, my two kids, and blah, blah. And Dell's just, it's just you see Steve Martin it's and his wife. It's that classic, like, John Hughes silent ending. There could be a voiceover here, but there's it, not. It, it doesn't need it. He just he just had a good thing happen to yep. him. And they just pause on John Candy's 
chubby little smile. <laughs> and it is the sweetest way to end this movie. And, I mean... Thanksgiving. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. Like, we are... We barely talked about this film. It's 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 one of the few movies I always remembered at Thanksgiving as a Thanksgiving movie. Oh, hello, dogs. <laughs> and it was always amazing to me that like they don't make a ton of Thanksgiving films. Yeah, right. It's such a it's, it's such a fraught holiday. You would think, and with all of the and I'm sure there are there are Thanksgiving movies, but this is the one that everyone always thinks of yeah it's not even like there's only thanksgiving for like two minutes of the movie like you don't think there's a turkey in this movie (laughs) i don't even think you see the wife putting a turkey in the oven it's just about what it means like kind of the yeah it's it like you said it's a john hughes movie it's a message movie it's just take a look around you you know like you're so into your own life. Life is it, it, life moves pretty fast. If you don't take a look around, you might just miss it. Exactly. You never you're so anxious and we're so, it it's what we forget about Thanksgiving. Sometimes it's the friends you make along the way. Yeah. And and the joy is in the journey. I'm sorry, I'll let you talk. No, but we always like in the last episode, the Friendsgiving episode, we talked about how we make so much stress for ourselves during Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're we're expecting this stress of just well, we got the got to get the meal right because you get like one shot at this and, and got to travel home. Everybody's got to be happy. If everybody's not in a good mood, Thanksgiving is ruined. And someone brings in politics and this and that, and it it's not about that. Like it, it doesn't is. matter who you spend Thanksgiving with. It, it, it's about like. I don't even know. Like, it's I about I get distracted. Thank, by it's the about giving thanks. Lenny. Yeah, it, it, it's it's. It is about being with the people you love. It's it, it's even if you just met this person and they're just looking for a place to belong for a couple of hours. Like, I think Thanksgiving is good because it's a holiday. It's it's a holiday that's a holiday for. We used to have. I feel like it's a really difficult to commercialize holiday, and maybe that's why there aren't that many Thanksgiving movies, and maybe that's almost a good thing. Yeah. We don't have, like, we have expectations on it, but we don't have as many, like, commercialized expectations. It's just about the warmth. It's just about the yeah. gathering. It's just about, like, fall and sharing a meal with loved ones. It's not about, you have to get presents. There has to be a costume. There has to be d- d- eggs and the Holy Ghost. And we don't we didn't put religion on this, you know? Yeah, no. It's, it's just, you, you get together, look at all this excellent food. Thank God we're alive again this year. <laughs> Sucks that it's going to be winter soon. Let's eat. Exactly. And that's, that, that's, I think, the point of this movie. And I think John Candy is such, he's so well- thought out in this movie because you're sitting there looking at his buffoonery through the whole thing and you're missing what he's missing you know like he just wants the life he had and he doesn't have it and so he misses his wife he's desperate for just people he almost it's like he gloms on to normalcy which i think is kind of why he's kind of he he likes steve martin's character so much like that's just a that is a regular guy. <laughs> He's he is, and um, and Steve Martin's great because you know he is a good dude. He's just Frustrated. forced to deal with so much bullshit. And he, he, 
I think that's why you 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 don't you don't absolutely hate him and the same way you don't absolutely hate John Candy. He's just enough of a dick and John Candy's just enough of a buffoon. They're they're human they're human in the same way that like good superhero movies allow their superheroes to be human. Like yeah. they still have real flaws and they're kind of assholes sometimes. <laughs> There's no like magical it's just a dude that someone some some stuff happened to, and sometimes yeah. you have to deal with stuff. He doesn't have extraordinary bad extraordinarily bad luck. He does today, but that's not the story of his life. Sometimes this just happens, yeah. and you have opportunities to either make whatever out of it or make the most out of it. Yeah, and, and John, like his yeah. character, it's like you chose all the right dialogue options. You were the nicest person possible. Yeah, and John Hughes in your knows circumstances how to heighten that. To a cartoonish level. Yeah, it's interesting. And that's why I always, like, I always appreciate... He has such heartfelt stories mixed with this almost just heightened reality that's so ridiculous and so silly. I mean, for God's sakes, they turn into skeletons halfway through this movie. Yeah. It's it's, brilliant. It's absolutely fucking stupid and brilliant and awesome all at the same time. It gets silly when you least expect it to. And besides the F scene, I mean, where they're cursing nine million times. I expected more. I I didn't realize why I wasn't allowed to watch this. I guess I just came in at the wrong moment and my dad turned it off. You could have literally, your dad could have just turned down the volume. Yeah, if I had come in before or after that, I bet he wouldn't even have noticed. Because I don't think there's a curse after that. No? No. I mean, like, they got it all out in that. (laughs) Because that's what they do. He went off the deep. He snapped one time, and he said, "Okay, I'm going to put this back inside where it belongs." Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's pretty much the movie. There's not much to it. I I honestly thought there was going to be more. I do adore this movie. I think it's a fun. It's fun. It's a fun movie. I don't think it's as modern comedies are so in your face with the slapstick. This isn't. I think this is a lot more subtle and then it has slapstick moments. I don't know if it's about slapstick and in your face. I think it was just... uh, Our attention spans have gotten so small and this was relatively slow. Yeah. Like, compared to, like, that New Girl episode where, like, it was, like, crazier than this jammed into 30 minutes. (laughs) Yeah, or even the the turkey drop episode. Yeah, like, (laughs) it's just we're used to more insanity packed into a smaller amount of time. Yeah. This was hilarious for people who weren't used to that. Yeah, and it's it's subtle. You could watch this with your whole family. I mean, just, like I said, turn down that one scene with Edie McClurg. I really, I think I would have thought this was funnier before I dealt with the horrors of transport. (laughs) I, I now that I've dealt with one time I was trying to come home from work. I worked two blocks from Penn Station. I worked on Eighth Avenue, two blocks from Penn Station, and I didn't get home. It usually took me like forty five minutes tops. I didn't get home until ten PM. I left work at six. I got to Penn Station and day transit trains were not getting through the tunnel. I waited there for an hour. The trains were not moving. They told us they'd be cross honoring at the path. So I walked like three blocks over to Herald Square to get the path train, which was crowded as as I, it looked like out. everybody was trying to get on like refugee boats to get out of the country. Oh my God. Like it was just people were pushing. When was this? It was not that long ago. Like it was not. I don't know why everybody was being so dramatic. I was pushed. I was pushed several times away from somewhere <laughs> from the path train car doors. It was ridiculous. And and then there was that. And then on top of all that, those path trains were only going to Hoboken. 
So like wow. I had to go to Hoboken and then and when I got to Hoboken, I had just missed the last train to South Orange and the next one wasn't coming for another hour. So I had to sit in this sad little train station bar with a bunch of other people who missed the train and just drink my sadness away on almost no dinner. And I got home at 10 and I was so pissed. At least you could drink. That's true. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to rate this first. Um, I'm going to go with a seven. I I really do enjoy this movie. I don't think... I didn't have the fondness this time around that I normally had for this movie when I was a little kid because I think there's so many things that have aped this movie over the years. Um, but I think it's important. You know what? I'm going to up that. I'm going to give it an 8. I'm going to give it an 8. I, I love this movie. It's not like my end-all John Hughes, but... Anytime I get to see Steve Martin and especially John Candy on screen, it's just there. He was taken too soon, and I love the man. I really wish I would love to see what he would have become. Yeah. Nowadays, like I know we say that a lot about about comedians and things, but John Candy really he had something special that he got to flex. But man, he. His later years would have been interesting. So, yeah, I'm going to give this an 8. What are you going to give it now? I am uh, going to give it a 7. And okay. you kind of validated my opinion when you said 7 at first. It, just, it was funny. It just wasn't as funny as I thought it was going to be. Okay. Like, I, I think I had built up my expectations too much in my head. Maybe I'll give it a rewatch. Maybe I'll give it a higher score, who's to say. <laughs> um, I do love Steve Martin and John Candy. It just, yeah, it was a little slow for me. Yeah. It was a fun, it was a good Thanksgiving movie. I appreciated the themes. It had but travel is frustrating, and I think I would have <laughs> thought it was funnier before I knew that firsthand. Exactly. So that's our opinion on trains, planes, yes, and automobiles indeed. for Thanksgiving. And a little bite-sized episode for you for your travels. <laughs> now, what do we got next week on the show, Mel? Don't We're know. going to watch, and I cannot believe you haven't seen this one. I was actually I, overjoyed that you hadn't. We're going to watch the original Miracle on 34th Street. Black and white. Yes. Oh, oh I love that movie so much. I We're am, getting into Christmas time, folks. I, I am, love Christmas. I am so psyched that we are watching a black and white film, and I didn't recommend it. <laughs> is this the first one we're doing? Yeah. There's actually, there's a couple. I mean, all of the black and white films I like pretty much are Christmas this'll be movies. This will be the oldest movie we've done. Oh. Yep. There's a, that. I mean, It's a shame, honestly. You've seen It's a Wonderful Life already, but I almost yeah. want to cheat and do it on Patreon because you only watched it because I told you to watch it. That's true. Um, and I missed it every year, so last year I made it an effort to to watch that my movie. My family quotes that movie ad nauseum at Christmas time. It's a family tradition. You oh. want the moon, Mary? I got the moon for you. That's my favorite part. <laughs> I'll just throw a lash up there. Go get it for you, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> I also really like that SNL sketch where they beat the crap out of out of Potter. Huh? My Aunt Kathy will play that Let's go year. find Mr. Potter, you son of a bitch. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> that sick son of a bitch stole our money. <laughs> He, he's not even a cripple. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hate using that word, oh, but it works no. so well in that I'm fucking sorry. sketch. I scared Figgy with oh, my laugh. Oh, my little kitty just ran away. <laughs> She'll be back. No, she just hopped down. All oh, right. Well. I laughed too so, well. So, yeah, Miracle on 34th Street. All right. So, next week on the show, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. We're going to start December. Woohoo! And uh, so, next time on the show, we're going to watch the original OG miracle on 34th street so until next time i've been adam ock i've been melanie weir and we just made you watch podcast happy thanksgiving folks happy thanksgiving
Hello, everyone. Uh, made you watch fans. Fans, we made watch. We should come up with a name. A name for our fans. Um, we just want to say uh, deeply from the bottom of our hearts this Thanksgiving, thank you for watching, listening, making, uh, watching with us. Just joining Sticking us. with the podcast. <laughs> thank you for sticking with the show. Thanks for engaging with us on Twitter. Twitter may be going the way of the dodo. but and Instagram. We're grateful to have you in our lives. We're grateful to have this podcast in our lives. And it wouldn't be possible if people weren't listening, but you guys are listening and yeah. responding and you rock. And we're glad to have this and we're glad for you. Yeah, it's been a crazy year for us. And just this whole show has been just a blast. We we di- we didn't think we were going to have a show. It just kind of fell into our laps. Yeah, it just happened. We just argued a lot in the office. And we just... It turned out to be something that we really are passionate about, and without you guys, it means nothing, and we really just want to thank all of you for sticking around, for supporting us, and uh, hope you have a great Thanksgiving, great holidays, and we'll, we're going to stick around and keep giving you more content. There will be new and different and hopefully exciting for you stuff coming soon. Yeah, so... so stay stay tuned with us for that. Yeah, we'll be giving out details. Drop us a line. Feedback at MajorWatchPodcast.com is our email address. We'd love to hear from you if you have suggestions or just want to chat and bullshit maybe we'll give you a shout out on the show shout us out on twitter at made you watch shout us out on uh instagram at made you watch yeah pretty much everything's made you watch yep we're consistent (laughs) all right guys so happy thanksgiving happy thanksgiving once uh, again take care take care